Okay, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the podcast that you love to listen to when you're not commuting anywhere or on any kind of public transit or walking, just the one that you listen to when you're sitting around in your house safely being quarantined. This is Musical Splitting the Podcast. I am your host, the one and only Kava Teherian, and sitting across from me virtually, safely, <laughs> is my imaginary friend who lives in a computer, <laughs> the one and only Lindsay Ellis. How you doing, Linz? I I cannot prove to you that I exist, so... Uh, <laughs> Uh, existential, I guess, is the word. Ooh, I'm feeling <laughs> existential. That's yeah, a good word. yeah. And our topic today is gonna make that even worse. The <laughs> the, uh, the the masterpiece of mm-hmm. rent. How we gonna pay last year's rent? Which, frankly, it feels really topical considering. That rent is such a big issue for everybody. <laughs> yeah, rent is a big issue. Plague is a big issue. Um, yeah, it's 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 it hits them all. It hits all of the all of the buttons. But you you have a bit of history with this one, right? I mean, my so this this one was um, chosen by you, the viewer, um, or you, the listener. Shaking fist. <laughs> and I I kind of knew this was going to happen because a rent is really popular. Um, B, my disdain for rent is uh, legendary. Um, so I guess, you know, everyone's feeling frustrated. They need the catharsis. So p- the people wanted us to be mad at rent for a while. Although I should mention that Jesus Christ Superstar was a close second. I saw on Twitter that everyone was really excited because apparently you had made some sort of video about rent, which obviously I've not watched. So the video I did uh, came out at the end of 2016. Uh, and it was, it was, I think it was, it was December 21st, 2016. By that point, the knowledge and understanding that the movie was bad, the movie that was based on the musical was kind of like, you know, conventional opinion. But mm-hmm. my hot take there was to really interrogate the politics of the show. And I definitely wasn't the first one to do that. I, you know, there was, there's been a lot of scholarship on it, but I guess it was, you know, the first YouTube angry person. Obviously, people who've been following me a long time know that's not like early, but it's sort of like early, definitely one of the earlier ones once I started doing conventional video essays like I do now. I really don't like Rent. I've never liked Rent. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I, that is not uh, a very conventional position to have for fans of musicals. Most fans of musicals really love Rent. So I, I don't know much about Rent outside of <clears throat> the reference in Team America and mm-hmm. the parody about it. But the only thing beyond that that I know is, or I, I should say that my impression of Rent is that it's it's very much the kind of musical that I have explained throughout this series as the thing that I don't like about being very like musical with a capital M of like every mm-hmm. emotion emoting and everybody just singing everything all the time and all feelings. I'm not quite sure why I have that assessment of it, but for some reason that is what I imagine when I think of Rent. I honestly think you probably won't hate Rent as much as I do. Ooh. And you probably I, won't even hate it as much as like shows like Phantom B- because it is very 90s in its like approach to emotionality. Are you calling me old? Is that why? <laughs> Well, it, we were suffering from irony poisoning in the 90s. It's true. Um, and I think Rent is very influenced by that. Its politics are very influenced by that. It's not that it's insincere, but it, <laughs> it, 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 it definitely is tainted by that too cool for school 90s-ness okay. that you don't see in a lot of musicals. Usually musicals are about singing about my big emotions, um, but Rent is much more like a rock musical. Um, so it's very it Gen doesn't X. have a lot of yes it is <laughs> there's it's incredibly Gen X okay. it is the Gen X that's why I asked you uh, before uh, we started recording yeah. are you familiar with reality bites yeah I was wondering about that is that is that sort of similar in tone to what this is to me it is okay the, the things a lot of the things I hate about reality bites are very present in Rent. Um, but I think also Reality Bites being a loathsome piece of shit is not a conventional opinion to have among film fans. 
Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I, my big sister loved that movie and watched it like over and over again. So it was one of those things that I was indoctrinated with from a young age. Uh, and I think I watched it like, I don't know, like a year or two ago. It just, you know, it's funny to me, like so many movies that, that are influential, you sort of start to see, or I should say, I start to see them as like this typical, like college is done. I don't know what to do with my life. Here's the next phase. How do we figure that out? How do I navigate the adult world? So no matter whether it was in the nineties or in the aughts or the 2020, uh, 2010s, like they sort of all follow the same pattern to me, which is kind of, you know, well, the- I don't, what is, what is the coming of age movie for the 2010s like they kind of quit making those i'm trying to th- i you know it's one of those things i can't think of a specific example off the top of my head but i do i mean know. there used to be a ton of teen movies movies that take yeah. place in high school um like you know in the late 90s early 2000s you had like you know your american pies you're not you know your uh 10 things i hate about you there were a ton of them and then they kind of changed tone they became more like judd apatow super bad type thing yeah but then they just fell off the face of the earth and are extinct what was uh lena dunham's first movie kind of Tiny furniture. Yeah, that tiny, was her like fi- finishing tiny college. Apartments. Tiny apartments. <laughs> yeah, right. and again, that was like what two thousand nine, two thousand ten. Was it that early? I thought it was later than that, but I've also lost all sense of time. To be honest, I thought yeah, like, twenty ten was, was yesterday. Uh, I believe it. Uh, I mean, she was on the Titanic, uh, so <laughs> she. I think she met her co-writer there. Hold on, that's true. It was two thousand ten. Oh shit! Um, I didn't realize it was that long ago. Ten years old. Oh, wait, you don't get that reference. I don't. <laughs> Yet. You will. Obviously, we can't go see Rent. We're not going to be able to go watch it in a theater. So we are watching a pro shop version. Music. I don't, I'm not going to do this in the Fred Durst voice, unlike uh, what you guys all wanted me to do. I, I do feel like I should do it in some oh, did, sort of 90s did, voice, did though. You, did, you get a re- did you get a lot of requests to only read out the, <laughs> the, the, the info about the musical uh, in, in, in the style of Nookie? Of Nookie. Yeah, I think everyone was pretty excited. It's not really sustainable for my voice, though. I think it'll like, yeah, tear a vocal yeah. cord. Also, you know, leave them wanting more. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> how, about, how about you just read it in the style of uh, Kaveh Tahiri? Oh, and then we can, that guy's technically from the 90s as well, actually. <laughs> <laughs> Spent a lot of time in the 90s. I really enjoyed it. I remember it all. Uh, okay, so <laughs> Rent. Music and lyrics by Jonathan Larson. Based on Puccini's La Boheme. Seriously, it's based on Puccini? Well, I mean, it's based on La Boheme. Oh, I didn't know that. Okay. Which is by Puccini. Right, right. Uh, Rent tells the story of one year in the life of friends, living the bohemian life in modern-day East Village, New York City, 1989 to 1990. Uh, that was the end of the Bush senior era. No, that was the beginning of the Bush senior era. That was the end of the Reagan era. It was Reagan like right era. in the middle. It yeah. was like right smack in the middle. The story centers around Mark and Roger, two roommates. While a former tragedy has made Roger numb to life, Mark tries to capture it through his attempts to make a film. Oh my God. Are you fucking kidding me? Reality attempts bites. to make a film. <laughs> There's nothing worse than being a film school graduate watching a movie or a piece of media where someone's trying to make a film. Yeah, you gotta be like, I will say this, the movie version of it is, I mean, the the Chris Columbus movie that came out in 2005 or whatever. That was Chris Columbus? Mm-hmm, that Chris Columbus. <laughs> oh my God. Why? Oh, you're gonna laugh so much harder after you watch Rent. Oh, yeah, maybe Jesus. You should, yeah, you're gonna need to watch the movie after you watch the show, just so you can be like, I, I didn't think it could get worse. <laughs> yeah, that seems maybe, like a maybe, huge miscast of director. For oh, Doug. it was. It was just like. Uh, anyway, anyway, back, back on track. Who um, watches Home Alone and they're like, you know, we need to make yeah. this guy make fucking Rent the musical. Yeah, this needs some big missed out fire energy right here. <laughs> All right. So in the year that follows, uh, the group deals with love, loss, AIDS and modern day life in one truly powerful story. The show's creator, John, <laughs> you like that? Truly powerful. I hate it. <laughs> the show's creator, Jonathan Larson died suddenly of aortic dissection, believed to have been caused by undiagnosed Marfan syndrome the night before the off-Broadway premiere. Oh, that's so sad. That's actually legit awful. Yeah, it's it, it's like you can't make that shit up. That's uh, it's like hackneyed if it hadn't actually happened. Now I feel bad. I can't make fun of a thing that like a guy died right before it premiered. That sucks. Oh, yeah, you can. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> and you will. <laughs> and I will. The musical moved to Broadway's larger Niederlander Theater. Nederlander? Niederlander? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. On April 29th, 1996. Damn, that's so long ago. 
uh, on Broadway. There's probably people listening to this who were like born on April 29th, 1996. Yeah. Rent can drive. Rent can rent a car. Yeah. Like rent a <laughs> Rent a car. On Broadway, Rent gained critical acclaim and won several awards, including the Pulitzer Prize for Drama and the Tony Award for Best Musical. That's a big deal. Rent is also somewhat autobiographical work as Larson incorporated many elements, many elements of his life into his show. Larson lived in New York for many years as a starving artist with an uncertain future. He also knew some AIDS gays that helped inspire it, so he claimed. <laughs> That's Lindsay's writing up. <laughs> yeah, he knew some AIDS gays. <laughs> Just, he said he did. Like, he's like, I've got gay friends. Yeah, it was like a whole thing. Like, because he's a, he's just a straight white guy, and um, you know, oh. there was like the big is he appropriating gay culture question. And he said mm. he knew some AIDS gays, but okay, you know, who knows? Playwright Sarah Schulman alleged that Rent bore striking similar similarities to her novel People in Trouble. Is it? Mm-hmm. I don't know. What's People in Trouble about? Is it about people? Paying rent. That title, though, it sounds riveting. People in trouble. I wonder what happens in it. It's just kind of an <laughs> East Village book with people who. I mean, it's, it, it sounds like tiny furniture. Like it's just like kind of like a, mm. a mumblecore for the eighties. Um, okay. <laughs> so you know, so it's just kind of like you know, friends in the village. I guess it's less upbeat than Rent was. Interesting. Fans, they call themselves rent heads. You know, you call yourself a Super renter. Creative. Yeah, renter at least. <laughs> Or yeah. le- leaser, I don't know. Like, yeah, I feel like a renter would make more sense because yeah. that's like an actual word. Occupant? Maybe I it's don't know. not specific. Yeah, it's not specific <laughs> enough. Uh, critical reception of Rent was positive, not only for its acting and musical components, but for its representation of HIV positive individuals. One of the first mainstream pieces of media with significant LGBT representation and certainly the highest profile musical both at the time and to date. If I remember correctly... Philadelphia was like the only other big thing before this. Is that right? That was like mainstream. Um, I, Angels, I think Angels in America came out before this. Oh, right, right. I think I remember that show. Uh, or that uh, movie. No, yeah, the, the movie. Angels, yeah. Angels in America was a play. Oh, okay. What am I thinking of? I'm thinking of something. You're thinking totally of different. Angels in America, the HBO limited series, which right, right, was right. adapted from Angels in America, okay. which was a very successful yes. play. So the 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 scene for, for plays, for dramas, yeah. non-musicals, uh, it tends to be a lot more inclusive of the LGBT um, community and of AIDS in particular. Uh, so Rent was unique in that way because, uh, like, not only did it heavily feature uh, gay and <laughs> bisexual people, uh, it's gonna be fun. Um, yeah, and so I'm trying to give Rent its due. Uh, I mean, like, I feel like it is damning with faint praise when the only th- nice thing you can say about a thing is it had representation. Yeah. Uh, but but it did. And for that reason, it was extremely um, important to a lot of people. Yeah. It, I know it means a lot to a lot of young or, well, formerly young people. Formerly <laughs> millennials. young. Recovering yeah, young like, people. Yeah, recovering, <laughs> recovering young people. Like millennials in particular who... Um, you know, grew up with Rent and saw themselves reflected in these characters yeah. uh, in a way that they hadn't really seen before. Because, like, you know, especially like in the '90s, uh, there just there just wasn't much. As irony poisoned Rent is with regard to its politics, the emotionality of it is not. It is very like high emotion and sincere, and people love each other and all that shit. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but then the movie came out. And that's, yeah, but then the movie came and out. That's and when the public opinion began to turn on Rent. Uh, the politics of age poorly, ultimately a very 90s take on a life or death 80s issue. Still widely beloved in the musical community, but in the wider culture, less so. What? We're going to watch a musical recording, or sorry, a recording of the musical similar to the Cats thing that we did. Yeah. And I guess this is just what we're going to do for the uh, foreseeable future. Um, but um, I am honestly kind of bummed because the Rent 20th anniversary tour was winding up um, until the world got ruined. Um, so we were going to see it in San Diego uh, this month. This month. Like, yeah, actually, it was going to be like right around this time. I think it was actually <laughs> I mean, going to be like, like Wednesday. Yeah, it was like going to be today. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. It was like very soon. So um, and I I'm kind of regretting this because I've never actually seen it live. Rent also famous for popularizing the trend of student rush or uh, lottery. That wasn't always a thing. No, like Rent was the one that popularized that and kind of shamed the other shows into doing it. 
That's good, though. When Rent was on Broadway, I always had friends visiting New York that wanted to see it. And I won the lottery for that sucker twice. And both times I gave my ticket to whoever wanted to see it because I just I. I I always hated Rent. I hated it from the word go. Because the reason I hated Rent back then uh, wasn't really because of its politics. It was because of the type of person that liked Rent. Oh, yes, yes, yes. (laughs) It was was very guilt by association. Yes. Um, I've had entire things ruined that I used to love because mm -hmm. of the type of person that loved them. And then to be associated with that person suddenly makes you resent the thing that you both mutually yeah. love rather than bond with them. It, it was, it's a really weird phenomenon yeah. that happens. There are reasons why I will never, ever have Matilda the musical on this show. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> uh, rent came out, I think about seven or eight years before I was a freshman in college. So it was kind of still the most popular thing when I was a freshman in college and I went to NYU, which is of Ooh. course right next to the East village. So it was very like, pretentious college freshman that's just like I'm free and I see the realness in the world the way mom and dad don't see it and even back then I hated that shit like I was an old man before my time so this is, this is the only thing we have in common by the way is our, Distaste, <laughs> our disdain yeah. for the kids on our lawn <laughs> we'll be like we'll be in the old folks home together finally yeah, united seriously. and getting these kids off our lawn I fucking hate people on my lawn I swear to god <laughs> I, just, I can't stand it. So that was why I couldn't stand it back then. Uh, and eventually it kind of turned into like my being able to articulate why I did not like the show, which I, I didn't really see until there was a pro shot. Or No, I think I saw the movie first. Had you been listening to the soundtrack at all? You couldn't escape it. Like you, you okay. it, Rent was one of those things where it's like if you're in a musical theater community, you're going to hear Rent. You're going to hear a lot of Rent. And I, I was doing some of these shows uh, at NYU. Like there was one that was a parody of this thing called Forbidden Broadway, where um, they would take Broadway songs and make them about NYU. So it would be like, you know, mm-hmm. like, oh, the you know, the, the trolley that takes us to the dorm was Hello Trolley. And oh, no, the trolley's <laughs> late. You know, stuff like that. And there was a song from Rent called Seasons of Love. So Seasons of Love, the lyric goes, you know, 500 25,600 minutes. 525,600 minutes. Oh, that's from Rent. I know that song. I've heard it. Yeah. Yeah. So that begins Act Two. And so the uh, NYU parody was called Seasons of Loans. Oh, God. Uh, it's like and at the time. <laughs> relatable. <laughs> so at the time, uh, when they wrote it, the joke was $125,600. Um <laughs> And I think it was like two years later, they were, by the time I was there, they were like, shit, we have to change it. This number's too low. So uh, (laughs) they changed it to $165,600. And it's quaint to think of that now. You know, it's like, it's, yeah, it's like twice that now, if not more. Jesus. (laughs) But yeah, like rent is one of those things where it's like, if you're in musical theater communities, you cannot escape that show because people will have it playing. People will be singing it. You know, they're there. It's just it's just constant. It's like it's unbearable. My life is bad. <laughs> My life is really hard. You guys. That about does it for us about uh, learning about rent or I should say me learning about rent. And now mm. I'm going to go me complaining about you rent. complaining about it. Now I'm going to go watch rent. Are you going to watch it, too? Or are you just going to come back into it? And no, I'm going to I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to rewatch it. Yeah. So we're I haven't re-watch seen it, it since I did that video on rent, so it's time. Maybe I'll, I'll organize a watch party oh God. that you, you can't be in because oh, you need to actually pay attention. To pay attention and take my notes. So we're going to go ahead and rewatch rent, and then you're going to hear an ad, and then seamlessly it'll feel like we just watched it instantly because that's yeah. the power of audio editing. Magic! Yeah, we're going to time travel, <laughs> and it'll feel like the month of April has just passed <laughs> instantly. <laughs> And now, for the ad read. This episode is sponsored by CuriosityStream, a subscription streaming service with thousands of documentaries and nonfiction titles. You can also get access to our streaming video service, Nebula, when you sign up for CuriosityStream using our code at curiositystream.com slash musicalsplaining. That's the name of the podcast, in case you'd forgotten. Nebula is a video streaming platform built by and for creators, not by some corporate drone, terrible Silicon Valley types who don't love puppies. 
We love puppies here. We're very pro-puppy. What Curiosity Stream is all about big-budget non-fiction videos, we're building Nebula because we want a place for smaller, independent, education-ish creators to try out new ideas that might not work out on YouTube. You know, like mom-and-pop kind of stuff. With Nebula, you can see original... Ugh, content? Again. But anyway, you can see original content from creators like CGP Grey, Chris Exog, and eventually Lindsay and I will have some Nebula originals tying in with this very podcast that you're listening to right now. Assuming that you are actually listening to this ad in this podcast and you haven't skipped through it, I really hope you haven't. Because this is extremely entertaining for anyone who's listening to it, I imagine. Probably. Anyway, those Nebula originals will be made with the support of CuriosityStream. And so, in conclusion, you can get CuriosityStream plus our streaming service, Nebula, for only $2.99 per month or $19.99 for a full year? That's an insane deal. You got to do it. So go ahead and visit CuriosityStream.com to learn more. And now back to the podcast. And we are back. We've traveled through time after we've watched Rent, the musical, <laughs> the thing that I was supposed to watch. You had to watch for work. My first question to you, Lindsay, is, is do you legitimately care about my well-being? <laughs> I, well, not as much as I care about the content you can generate. So, uh, yes, asterisk. Because <laughs> it didn't seem like it last night when I was watching Rent. I was like, I, why would you do this to your friend? Well, why would one, you make them watch I it? I didn't do it. I didn't do it. Twitter did. <laughs> this is Twitter's fault. I gave them four choices. This is the one they chose. A. B. Um, I, I hate rent too. Okay. Like this was not a fun thing for me either. So we, I, I, I can blame you just as much as I can blame myself, but okay, like, okay. I, I, this is going to be like, this is going to be good content for you ear uh. goblins out there listening to this. So, uh, yeah, so it's, it's worth it. It's worth it. Our pain is worth it. You know, so, so like the, the at home screening. So we watched, I guess I looked this up. So it was the rent filmed live on Broadway in 2008. Uh, that that was what we ended up watching. Um, I started it around 9 p.m. And Sarah and I sat down. She was like, you have to have a drink before we start this. She's like, I know you. You're going to lose your fucking mind if you don't. And I was like, all right. So I made myself a little cocktail, like a little rum drink, something kind of tiki-ish. And we sat down. And my neighbors next door were starting to watch, like, I, it must have been like an action Michael Bay movie or something. Oh, my God. <laughs> and so the bass is really loud. And it just sort of, like, poured into the living room. So I was like sort of going back and forth and I'm like, should I wait until 10 p.m. to go complain or should I just go tell them right now? And by the way, this, the, the important detail of this is that they are three gay men who live together. And so I, <laughs> I basically... Excuse me, sirs, we're watching Rent. <laughs> literally, Do you know yeah. how important this is? <laughs> I had to literally go over to three gay dudes and be like, can you turn down your fucking Michael Bay action movies? Because my girlfriend and I are watching fucking Rent. <laughs> So it already was off to like this like absurdly stupid start. <laughs> it took me a minute. I got to say, like we started watching it and then I just started to like, I had to stop and be like, I need to breathe. Like I need to breathe because it just, it comes on like, right. So, so I have, I have a notebook that I carry or like a little tiny little sketchbook um, that, I, that I write my notes. Remember when we were in the theater, I would like my, write my little notes. I had it and like halfway through it, I just stopped taking notes. Because I was like, what does it matter? Like, nothing matters. <laughs> I was like, fuck yeah, this. I'm, I'm, I'm looking at my notes right now, and at the bottom it says, maybe humans are the real virus. And then I, below that it says, maybe art is bad. Yeah, Art uh, kills people. <laughs> honestly, you know what the most fucked up thought I had of the entire thing was? I, I literally, I think it was like the, the, the halfway point somewhere. It was like the intermission where there was, a, there was like a, a break. Right. And I turned to Sarah and I swear to God, like in all like I was earnest and I was like, maybe cats isn't as bad as I thought it was, because at <laughs> least it's like a thing that like is sort of weird and out there and like sort of like tried something different. And I was like, is this where I am now? Like I'm on the other side of the looking glass where I'm like, yeah. maybe cats wasn't the worst fucking idea of all time. <laughs> OK, so I, I think I said like. The, the, so I, I watched it also not alone. I watched it over Zoom. Uh, and I, I said, like, according to uh, Helen, who's Angelina's sister, uh, who uh, we watched it with, uh, like, the three meanest things that she had ever heard about Rent came from my mouth during uh, our viewing. <laughs> 
She said the the first meanest thing was, um, <laughs> I think I reject the concept of found, found families. <laughs> wow. <laughs> now, uh, the second meanest thing was actually Chris Columbus had some good ideas with the movie. <laughs> Oh man, oh what was the God. third meanest thing? I didn't I didn't write that one down. And well, I can't remember what the third meanest thing was. It'll point. come back. Yeah. Um but yeah, yeah I, just predictably, yeah, of course. Like it's just it's exactly my reaction was exactly what you would think it would be. Yeah, no, I was like as I was watching it, I was like, "Oh man, I feel I could feel the anger waves <laughs> coming from 30 miles away, like barometric pressure dropping." I was like, "Oof." Right, and like and this is my big problem and it has been my problem since I was a little kid. Is that like when I'm like when pain's inflicted on me, I somehow like rather than like do something to prevent it, like getting beat up, I I end up getting caught in these like thought patterns where I'm like, why is this happening? Like I'm trying to understand like what led like what series of events or sequence of events led it or maybe like I was responsible for it. It's like that's how I have control, actually. Yeah, I have control. (laughs) I do have control, and here's why. Okay, so Rent is the story of um, primarily six friends. It's an ensemble piece, so there's six main-ish characters. So there's Mark and Maureen, who are exes. Mm -hmm. Uh, Maureen is now dating Joanne, because Maureen is the bisexual. There is Roger, who is uh, Mark's roommate and also dying from AIDS, his girlfriend killed herself before the musical started, and he's clean now. That's his deal. Like he's like he he did some drugs, but now he's been six months sober, and he's trying to write this one fucking brilliant song. Just, just like he's Reeve Carney is all I kept thinking sh- of. Oh yeah, he's gonna <laughs> shred it. He's gonna write one song, and it's gonna be the best song, and that's gonna be what he's remembered for um, after he dies in about three weeks. One song. Before I go, glory, one song to leave behind. Um, Roger, early in the narrative, meets Mimi, who is uh, based on the character Mimi from La Boheme. And also, they have some friends that are also there. (laughs) Which, by the way, when, when they introduce Mimi... So, like, this has not been a problem for any of the stage stuff that we've watched, like, that's recorded. But, like, Mimi comes in and, like, shows her butt to him, right? As, like, a way to, like, taunt him. And then there's this fucking weird, like, just super snap zoom, like, into her ass, like, while they're filming it. Oh! That totally (laughs) confused the shit out of me. I was like, what the fuck is happening? See, this is the problem with, like, these pro shot things. It's just, like, we're introducing editing and cinematography into a medium that should not have either of those things because editing and cinematography are kind of a form of voice, you know? Yeah, yeah, it, absolutely. It's like, it, it, it's a form of framing. Like there's a, the Jesus Christ superstar that we almost watched has like some really distracting editing that like really bothers me. I'm like, eh, see, this is why you have to see it on stage <laughs> because yeah. it's like different. Anyway, so, um, <laughs> and then we have their friends also, Benny, who owns the building uh, that Mark and Roger live in um, and don't want to pay rent to. Don't pay rent. And uh, Tom Collins and Angel, who meet at the very beginning of the musical and become boyfriends. Uh, although Angel's uh, gender is up for some debate in light of the last 25 years happening. Yeah, so. I thought about that, too, when I was watching it, because at first I was like, oh, he's kind of a drag queen. And I'm like, oh, I guess that's sort of an outdated perception of what that character might be. Yeah, it, it's yeah. Uh, and I was like, "What is the whole thing?" Is that a whole debate like amongst renters? I'm just going to call them renters. I don't care that they call themselves. Yeah, rent it's heads. a whole debate in general. Like, I'm, I'm um, curious as to what they would say now. Like, are they say they yeah, say there's not? Yeah, it's queen? not like they didn't really have the terminology, but the idea of uh, you know being transgender and being a drag queen were a lot more conflated back then, even yeah. by you know the gay community. So um, it is a little bit outdated because now it would be like you'd pick a side. And you'd know what side you're on. But back then, it's like, eh, you know, it's like we're all kind of in this, on the same team. We don't have, you know, such divisions yet. Like, sure. You know, they, you know, they did a little, but like, because in the movie, it's a little more clear um, mm-hmm. because Angel takes the drag off whenever uh, she's like in a I'm not performing situation, like okay. the life support group. Yeah. And the drag is usually on when it's like. You know, I'm out with friends or I'm at a party or I'm performing. So, like, to me, it reads as drag because she takes it off when she's not performing. But that's just the movie. Like, in later shows, uh, like, I think there was a live uh, on television version that they did Mm -hmm. uh, back when, you know, there was 
people being allowed to film things in the same studio, <laughs> uh, where it was it was a little more overt that a- Angel is trans and not a drag queen. Holy shit, but, though, she yeah. can jump around with those fucking heels. I was really impressed by that. Yeah. I was like, those what ankles. the fuck? <laughs> ankles of steel. It's like Olympic athlete level shit. Yeah, uh, but yeah. So, um, I mean, t- t- I did have a note about the comparison to Hades Town, which is one <laughs> thing that I find very humorous about Rent, uh, which is that Roger's arc, if there is to be said one in the show, is that he wants to write that one song. Yeah. And he and he does. And uh Tell the, tell the folks what happens whenever he sings his one song. So, okay. So, first of all, I it was unclear to me what was happening, right? Because she's doing... I don't, is she doing, like, meth? Or is she, like, smoking heroin? It's heroin. It's just, like, she's doing drugs. and She's so, doing drugs. That's a little bit unclear, yeah. So, it's like, Drug I don't know... Drug brand drugs. So, is I'm not sure if she's overdosing or if she's, like... I HIV. think it's, like, drug AIDS. Yeah, I was going to say, is she <laughs> HIVing, like... like She's 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 like she's drug aidsing. <laughs> she's drug aidsing. Yeah, she's having a drug aids attack. <laughs> <laughs> she's having a drug aids attack, and he sings her a song, and then she gets better, and <laughs> like he solves. He's like, we don't need vaccinations. He yeah, he solves AIDS with a guitar. It's a little bit of magical so, realism for you there. Yeah. So it's like, you know how in Hades Town that didn't really bother you? Yeah. <laughs> like, this is, you know, like Hades Town is the second version of Rent, where the song he. Because it's not just that the song is bad, because the song is bad. Yes. Like, your, it's called Your Eyes, and it is, I would say, like the worst song in the show. Your eyes, as we said our goodbyes. In a show with a, like, I because that's the other thing. Like normally, I could be like, well, I can because I do know the music better than you do. Obviously, having right. you know lived through twenty years of being a theater kid, I I, just, I genuinely don't think the songs are very good. You know, like most of them, I think are like at, like when we were watching it, I, I didn't even realize I was doing this. Like every time a new song would start, I'd be like, Ugh, I hate this I song. I hate this song. Yeah. <laughs> and by halfway through, Helen was like, "You've said that for every single song." <laughs> Like it doesn't really have good songs, but like his his song that heals her is the worst song in the show. I just was, but by that point, I had like given up. I just was like, mm-hmm. okay, fine, sure, whatever. Like I didn't even, I wasn't even angry anymore. I just was like <laughs> counting the that song, you know, like one hundred fifty yeah. billion seventeen thousand minutes until this fucking musical is over. <laughs> like but, well, they um, <laughs> it, the, in the way they shot it again because it introduces cinematography. Like they framed Mimi looking like she was really annoyed that he was singing at her instead of taking her to the hospital. Like <laughs> that's understandable. <laughs> and she had this look on her face that was just like, "Look, I'm dying right now. I don't really yeah. have the energy to humor you." That like, yeah, oh honey, it's really good. Like, yeah, no, I just oh, don't. Great, have- thanks. <laughs> I'm gonna sing you a song about essential oils to fucking cure you now. At this point, like, what the fuck? <laughs> like and then she like, Ugh, like oh, I'm. Murder, please stop singing. I'm oh, begging you. Poor Angel. He at least got to get out of that musical halfway through it. Oh, because that was another change made from the movie is they don't have like the weird orgy song. Well, there's an orgy I- song? Oh, I'm sorry. Well, yeah, oh, right, right, right. That's right. Yes, yeah. yes, yes. I do the remember song that now. During which Angel dies. Like in the, the movie is way more schmaltzy. Like he dies at the end of like you know, the sad breakup song and uh, they skip the weird orgy song. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. Where, yeah, I think it's like it was like a comment on safe sex where they're just like, oh, let's do it. And then like all the mains break up and say it's over. And then Collins looks at the audience and goes, it's over. It was bad for me. Was it bad for you? It's over. It's over. It's over. It's over. It's over. And Angel's dead. <laughs> and so, yeah, this Weird is transition way more conventionally. There. You know, I guess they, she had to be there. That's what they teach in you in screenplay, like writing classes. They're like, you always follow an orgy with a character's death. <laughs> <laughs> like, Angel is the most sympathetic character yeah, in the I show. Agree. Yeah. And Angel kills a dog. Like, Oh, yeah, that's true. So that's the, that's one of the other issues I have with this show. Kind of minor, but, but it's just like it's everyone in the show is a horrible person. Yes. But the show frames it like they're sympathetic and Except relatable. Except for Maureen. Maureen is the most selfless, lovely, <laughs> considerate human being who has a great protest song. Yeah. She cares deeply about the homeless. What the fuck was that, by the way? That was... <laughs> oh, my God. 
In Cyberland, we only drink Diet Coke. Diet Coke. Diet Coke. Diet Coke. Diet Coke. I just, I had like, that That was another point that I had to stop and like take a breather because I was like, what is happening? Like, why? Why? Well, in, fa- in <laughs> fairness to that show, I think it's like it was meant to be a parody of like bad performance art. Uh, okay. But the movie, the movie plays it dead straight. Holy shit. Like. Because like in the show she keeps messing up, or at least in the, this production, I don't know if she like I wasn't there in 1996. I didn't see the original cast, so I don't know if they played it straight. But in this recording, they play it like uh like she's overextending herself and she keeps messing up, and like the um you know the the song doesn't kick in when she wants it to, and she has to kick the mixer because that's how mixers work. I don't know. It's it's interesting too because you and I went to an art school technically. Mm-hmm. So oh, yeah. it's like, you want to talk about Mark's student film? Oh my God. For the love <laughs> of like that American beauty thing that he was like trying to put together. I was like, yep. And, oh, and that's the thing too. It starts with him like explaining what's that like opening shot. We live here in this fucking building and there's posters on the, and I was, that's where I was like, that's where I stopped. Like a yep, deposit. Yep. <laughs> and I was like, I'm not going to make it through this. Like I couldn't stand it. That guy was totally fucking irritating. Why didn't he just take his parents money? By the way, if he had to pay rent, well, that's another thing is like, you can, wow, you can tell a white person wrote this because um, that the, so much of the narrative is so shamelessly ignoring your parents. Yeah. Uh, but then they had like, because like towards the end, you see like Mimi's mother, who's like an Afro-Latino woman. And uh, I guess Joanne's father, who is like an extremely wealthy lawyer, who's also black, being like, why aren't you calling me? Where are you? Where yeah, are yeah. you? And it's like, um, I don't feel like. <laughs> it, you know, like because like the white characters ignore their parents because they can because they have that safe, <laughs> you know, because they have that safety net. Like I'm ignoring my parents because I have that luxury, you know. Yeah, that's exactly what it was. I just every character was awful. I except yeah. for except for Angel. I have to say the the Tom Collins did uh, out of all the songs that were the least terrible. I feel like Tom Collins had all the best ones. Santa Fe. I did like that song kind of for like a second. No, I just remember. So I don't know who the I don't remember who the guy was that sings or that plays that part. But I just remember noticing that. Mm-hmm. like, And I don't know if it's just because I really liked his voice, but I mm-hmm. thought like he had the best bangers, as you would put it. Yeah, no, I think I mean, <clears throat> performance matters. And I like this guy more than I like the guy who played it in the movie, which I, I'm pretty sure the guy who played him in the movie was the original because like the movie is yeah. the original cast almost entirely, except for uh, Rosario Dawson, who plays Mimi yeah. in the movie. He was the only person I like. Didn't want to like stab my ears when he was on stage, <laughs> when he was singing. I should say. You know what I did think was interesting though was the, uh, that I didn't quite understand. Right. So the landlord guy who's wearing like the ski outfit. It looks like right. He's so rich. He, see. He. So did he used to be like one of their friends and then he got like yeah. hired? Okay. He got. He was one of their friends and then he married rich. But it's also kind of implied that he's generational wealth because they keep calling him like Benjamin Wellington the Third or whatever. <laughs> like, yeah, so there's there's that like implication of generational wealth, which is just kind of like, uh, and and it's just like this is something that probably like I can't hate it too much. Well, I mean I can, but like, yeah. um, I can't be too mad because like these weren't really active conversations in the 90s uh, where Jonathan Larson would have been thinking about the optics of having the black guy be the landlord who is trying to force out his white tenants yeah. because he wants to gentrify the neighborhood. Yikes. You know, I see this sometimes where, you, where, you know, they'll try to make a class statement, um, but it completely ignore that, you know, race could possibly be right. a thing. Separated from race altogether, yeah. Yeah, so because like Joanne's parents are like these rich, snooty people that act like old money. Um, and like Tom is a professor at NYU and Benny is the landlord. But at no part is, it's not that those things can't happen, but at no part is it acknowledged. Uh, you know who my favorite character was, was the homeless lady who yelled at Mark. Oh, yeah. And like demanded. <laughs> and she was like, you're a piece of shit. Give me a dollar because like mm-hmm. you're exploiting me for your own guilt. And I was like, fuck, yeah. I literally started cheering at the television. <laughs> well, and my favorite part of that scene is it's never mentioned again. And yeah. Mark does not change or improve his behavior. It's uh, <laughs> I just I can't. We went to school with so many marks. Oh, my God. Like, we went to school with so many marks where it's just like, you know, his, his movie is obviously not good. Uh, but he's like, it's more important than making a living because it's art. And my art is good because I made it. 
Right. So like that's that's fundamentally the thing about like every single one of these characters. And it actually sort of made me think about like just youth in general. Right. And like it made me feel really old because I was like, I remember being in my early 20s and being a total piece of shit, but not understanding why everyone was so annoyed by me. And mm-hmm. in large part, it's because you lack the capacity to see the world like outside of yourself. Mm-hmm. Right. Like you can only like you have an idea of how you feel the world should be or like what the best way the world can be. Right. It's just, it's crystal clear to you when you're like 19, 20, 21. And you're like anybody who doesn't understand this is clearly like corrupted and evil and fucked up. Yeah. And it's like you're you're a collection of your experiences that like lead you to believe whatever it is that you believe at the time until you eventually be like, oh, people have like different experiences and have lived different lives than me. And like, that's why they think this way. And then everything becomes a little bit more gray instead of black and white. But because I was thinking about the 90s thing that you were mentioning when we recorded last, but I still feel like to me that feels more people coming out of college or people being in their early 20s thinking that they're adults and then thinking that being an adult is being like really strongly opinionated about a certain thing because that's what they associate with the grownups in their life mm-hmm. rather than like having any kind of fucking nuance. I feel, I feel like I know this better than anyone <laughs> <laughs> based on the, the many, many. Yeah. See, this is, this is very like get off my lawn, yeah. like, you know, but, but I've always kind of been like this. Cause I've always hated rent and that aspect that like, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't so much that they were all kind of shitty, terrible people, but that they were framed as like you, the audience, and that it is like sympathetic and and uh, a good way to be. And that like Mark's declaration at the end, like I have to focus on my own art, so I quit my well-paying job, is like a noble thing to aspire to. Is just like I, no. it's not for me. That's my no. <laughs> like because I think I think it's like um philosophy versus praxis um Ooh, that's a big word <laughs> like if you know if the philosophy is be glad for what you have now um you know being sympathetic to an underclass justice for the homeless um celebrate art not for capitalistic reasons i could i could agree with all of that f- philosophically but rent as the praxis <laughs> is the problem <laughs> and because it, it it also comes laden with these other politics which i uh <laughs> discuss at great length in, in the video i did about rent a few years ago most of the in that case the politics had to do with the way rent handles uh disease which is of course very relevant right now yeah like what's his name was self-quarantining the entire like first half of the show uh fucking reeve carney whatever his name is roger Roger. yeah it didn't seem to me i mean it seemed like everyone had whatever everyone has aids haha for all the jokes that were made about and again because i didn't know anything about it going into it other than the jokes that were made i'm like it's not as big of a story point as i thought it would be it's more like a ticking clock sort of is what it felt like I guess it's yeah, it's kind of more of a backdrop because in yeah. La Boheme, it's yeah, it's it's backdroppy. So my main issue with Rent was sort of like the juxtaposition of the two major themes, which is like this idea of selling out versus living in poverty, but it being romantic and good and affliction. So these two things living side by side are kind of incompatible because the you know, solution to both of them in the context of rent is reject the system, reject the man, uh, you know, reject everything for today and all that. And, you know, that just was not the reality of the AIDS crisis from the way that it rent approaches disease is effectively like never lobby the system, reject it. But rejecting it was not what turned the AIDS crisis around. There was a lot right. of fighting and a lot of protesting and a lot of engagement with the system. Right, demanding it that it engage with them specifically. Yeah, because the thing about AIDS is the the reason why it got so bad was because it attacked a community that the powers that be did not care about. Yeah. And that is the, you know, story of pandemic and, you know, disease time and time again, especially once people began to learn to how to control it, was... If it afflicts a group that people don't really care about, or rather the powers that be don't really care about, Mm -hmm. it's not going to get addressed. Yeah. But it can be more complicated than that. In the case of COVID, where it's just like, there are a lot of reasons for it not getting addressed, but like the result is the same. And the less the system engages with disease, the worse it gets. And so rent kind of teaching a generation that the way to, to live with this is to reject the system. That bothers me. 
Yeah, yeah. I definitely didn't like that. That's my rent diatribe. (laughs) Is that sort of what you covered in your video? Yeah. Okay. I'm curious to watch (laughs) it now, too. I'm excited to go see you shit on rent for like 30 minutes. Yeah, yeah. I don't know, man. So these people, the renters, again, I'm going to call them renters. Let's see if we can get Mm -hmm. this to trend. It's no longer rent heads. It's renters. No longer rent heads. So uh, we talked about this a little bit, but now, like, having seen it, is it literally just like a generation of people who had grown up with it and that it was like this piece of media that they felt in some way represented them in a landscape where they were not represented? Uh, yeah, yeah, that's absolutely. that's basically it. But like, do you have people who didn't grow up with it who are like younger now who like also all hate rent? Well, I mean, young people now hate everything. That's so true. it's kind of <laughs> talk about get off my that. lawn. These young kids <laughs> yeah. today, they don't appreciate shit. Oh, they do. I mean, it's. I feel like the the problem with rent is the the group of people or like the demographic of person who, in theory, would like rent now, would find rent so deeply problematic. You know, they couldn't engage with it. Um, and you know, I think that's the kind of the issue with it is like it is very of its time yeah. because like the language around uh, sexuality and the attitude around the way LGBT people are portrayed uh, in media has changed so much. So that, much, like, yeah. Like, because I, I made a note about how like when Angel shows up in drag, like, oh my god, can you imagine how like scandal that would be in on broadway in 1993 like wow this is edgy you know i didn't even bat an eye i was just like oh okay it's a guy in drag yeah just or not drag but you know what i mean like it's it's funny watching that now because it's like it's not weird and it's not dated it's just a lot more normalized now yeah and you know in that way rent is ahead of its time but the problem now is like well so what you know it's like oh wow a man in drag in a in a private home whoo scared you know like it's i don't think it's as empowering as you know kids in the 90s and early 2000s would have found it so i don't know i i, I guess i i feel like if someone likes rent they probably won't have listened this far but like <laughs> if there are any young people that that like that are like us under the age of like 20 that yeah. actually listen to this and like rent all one of you maybe <laughs> between all between one of three of you let us know let i mean i guess comment. you can make the argument that they would like the songs just based on whatever the melody and the song like musically they can like it there are a couple songs that I think kind of transcend Rent, you know, like Seasons of Love. I can kind of divorce from Rent, especially because it is kind of divorced from uh That's the 100 Million show. Minutes, whatever it's called. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, it's catchy, billion. though. Like, it's fucking, yeah, yeah. I, that's a banger. 525,600 minutes. 525,000. So that, that one's pretty good. Um... I, you know, and I remember, I remember what the third meanest thing. There you go. <laughs> it comes back. It's, there it is. I remember what the third meanest thing was. As we were watching, it was either one of the breakup scenes, one of the mini breakup scenes or the scene where Angel died. Mm-hmm. Um, and I said, I think I understand how Kave feels <laughs> now, about musicals. <laughs> I think I that. <laughs> that was <laughs> it. Well, that's that's exactly what I was afraid. You know, I literally I wrote a note right here. If you look at it, and it, it literally says, "This has set back this podcast six months." Is the note that I wrote. Where I was like, there was so much goodwill from going to New York and seeing like, like Hades Town and like a couple yeah. of good shows, and then I watched this and I was like, it just you just control Z everything. The last seven episodes or six episodes are just undone. And uh, completely. Yeah, because yeah, I was like, as I was watching it, I was like, I get what they were going for. I understand how in a musical you use music to further the emotion to the audience. Yeah. I see what they're going for. Like, like, like a robot sees a pattern. Like, I understand <laughs> what they're doing, but it is not like I feel nothing. And I, I, I hate that they're singing specifically. Yeah. Like, I, yes. Like, I hate the uh, fact that they're singing. So <laughs> so now you hate the musicals where they sing, and I kind of get why Cats makes sense. We have fucking gone into the netherworld. Yeah. We were in the upside down. This is not down. how it was supposed to happen. This Jesus is not, Christ. This is not how it was supposed to be. Can this year get any fucking weirder? <laughs> what the fuck? It's the yeah. quarantine. It's the, it's the pandemic. It's the disease. The, like, the, I forgot about that line in the musical where, where Mimi's like, Goodbye, Roger. Hello. Disease. Disease. <laughs> so, 
I think that's the thing because I've seen the movie more times than I've seen the show. Um, the movie does cut a lot of the um, filler stuff, and as I was watching it, like I think that was another funny thing because like I've seen it several times, and I I, I felt like I had like a, a, a soul meld with you like for a moment <laughs> where I I was like, what is happening? This is how it feels. <laughs> yeah, it was right before the uh, Marines' performance art, whenever she's first introduced. Like they're like just yelling at each other yeah. in the street, and I was just like, I don't know what's happening. <laughs> I know that Moo with me is coming, but I don't know. I don't understand what he's Yeah, doing. exactly. Yeah, and I felt like I understood you. So, I appreciate so that. That makes me feel very good. I never, I never, <laughs> and I never really did before. So. In a way, maybe rent is good. Actually, it's made us understand so many big things. Yeah, right? I Tra- never so much I didn't understand before, but now. And I did say that too about going into it. I was like, I feel like this is exactly the kind of musical that makes me hate musicals. And yeah, it's it's exactly what it was. It's exactly the kind of thing that like I maybe I had seen like or heard Rent at some point in the I'm back sure of my had, mind. Like at least some of it. Yeah. Yeah, because I, I mean I don't know any of it, but I was like, it's this is if I had to like come up with an idea of a musical that I don't like that would like irritate the shit out of me. Like it's exactly rent is like yeah. the, the like, style of songs. There's just so much to say about their bad art, like Maureen's bad performance art and Mark's bad. Like, cause I think there's also uh, an element of like, I see myself in this, but it's the thing I hate the most about myself. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, like, cause our, our good friend, good friend of the family, uh, ContraPoints just um, released a video called uh, cringe Cringing at something is fundamentally empathetic. Sure, uh, yeah. But, you know, there's like sort of like the um, compassionate way to do it, which is like, oh, my God, I, I saw you do an embarrassing thing that I, too, have done. Yeah. Oops. Or there's the contemptuous kind where you see something about like yourself or maybe someone, you know, in yeah. this in this person. But like it's the part of yourself that you hate the most or maybe you've been shamed for that in the past. Sure. So, like, yeah, yeah, with yeah. Mark, I think every remotely artsy person sees a little bit of themselves in Mark because like Mark is just like he has this idea about his art. He has this <laughs> idea about like what having a job is like. I'm good at thing. And I, you know, and everyone is just like in such an demand of him like BuzzFeed is over here offering him $3,000 a week to work for them because he's just so good at his art but no he has to go make his own art and it's a very naive way of approaching uh, being being a, a creative and I think part of like my visceral to Mark who is the worst yeah. is that it's just like that's a phase every artist goes through but most of them grow out of it because you have to, but Mark does not. Mark is vindicated. I'm trying to think. And- if, yeah, <laughs> I'm trying to think if I ever actually went through that phase. I don't think I ever had that much confidence in like whatever I was doing. I was always sort of like the miserable, like oh, nothing I do is going to be good, but I'll just keep I doing never it. Finish anything. Yeah, I don't ever I think mean, that I was that I was too, like- but like. But it's not just you. It's like also people, you know, people who do the same thing as you. So it's sort of like, again, in group cringe where it's like the people we went to film school with them embarrassing themselves is also embarrassing us because this is what you're representative of us. Yeah. You're representative of me and I don't like it. So I'm distancing myself from this person. Um, Because, yeah, it's obviously like uh, because like our, our good friend. Oh, wait, no, I don't think you know about this. Our orientation, because uh, we were a semester ahead of you, mm-hmm. one of our classmates who went on to USC notoriety and got a lot of privileges taken away, um, showed up at orientation wearing a shirt that said, the next is Zemeckis. Oh, my like, God. This was the level of arrogance we what? were dealing with. <laughs> yes. You, you probably was... know who I'm talking about. Too. Oh, dear God. <laughs> the person that I think I related to most not even related to most, but I just sort of was like, what the fuck? Like I was curious about, which I don't know if this makes me a total fucking loser square, but was like the dude who was like, dude, just pay me rent. Like, yeah, yeah. No, Benny is correct. Yeah. And I was like, <laughs> I'm like, what is wrong? Like, why go, is that Benny, guy go. such a piece of shit? He's just like, dude, I'm just trying to like, and then he had like a goal, right? He was like, he wants to make like a tech yeah. company or something. And I was like, it I sounds mean, yeah, like that's another, you know, kind of difficult. Uh, Cause I think gentrification is a fundamentally, 
complex topic in a way that a lot of people aren't really willing to engage with. Um, like, I think it's easy to say that gentrification is bad and it shouldn't happen. And especially, like, again, it's it's weird and I don't like it, the fact that Benny is the face of gentrification. When, yeah. You know, it should, you know, take that, reverse it. But, like, um, at the same time, it's like, Benny's right and it's his property <laughs> and he can do what he wants and it's not Benny's fault that you know tent cities are technically illegal and you know and again it just kind of goes back to like this very libertarian approach to yeah. justice the systemic thing should change but every man for himself yes and at no part do does like Anyone. nobody unites for any kind of collective action like nothing gets organized AIDS activism is mentioned all of one time Again, like this very libertarian approach to um, what the show understands as systemic issues, uh, is, it sucks and I hate it. Yeah, and I also it wasn't like they were trying to like work and make ends meet, and then he came in and he was like going to kick them out. It was like, well, I don't feel like working, and I'm not going <laughs> to like borrow money from my parents who clearly want to give me cash, and I yeah. just kind of want to make this movie. So you're the man and you're the devil. So just deal with me for a fucking year. Like, well, how does that go on for so fucking long? The whole time I'm like, how did they pay rent that entire time? That was like the underlying they question didn't. to be. They didn't. Cause like he was letting them live their rent free. And then as is his right, he's like, I'm going to start charging you. Uh, because uh, these these investor guys don't want me to let people be squatting here. And then he's like, well, they'll turn a blind eye if you make Maureen's per bad performance art stop because you see Maureen, the people listen to Maureen. When oh she starts God. mooing, like, moo with me! Yeah. Oh, yes! Moo with me! But, but you know, I, it's, I also it's love the idea that like the police and the man are oh like God. so like threatened by <laughs> Maureen's <laughs> performance art. They're like, oh no, if she gets on that stage, the people will rise. She'll start mooing and saying shit about Diet Coke. And they'll be like, Monsanto. power to the people. And they'll start marching on City Hall. I mean, it's an interesting metaphor for a character too, to be like, he's the guy who's like, oh, I have this responsibility to this community that I came from. And yet I have these goals of this thing that I would like to do. And there is a sacrifice that has to get made. Right. Yeah. So it is kind of like that's I think that's why I relate to that character more, which is like, oh, how much of your roots do you hold on to? But how much do you, quote unquote, sell out? And really, yeah. the best thing that was ever told to me was that there's no such thing as selling out. All you do is buy in because it's a <laughs> fucking game. And I'm like, yeah, it's true. You have to fucking buy in. You don't sell out like that's not a thing. Yeah. Like, Benny's a partner, and, yeah, again, like, I know it's, like, looking with the racial politics of 2020, but for, like, these white kids to be shaming yeah. this man for doing well. No, I'm like, like, good for Benny. <laughs> Benny fucking... Good. Go, Benny. Go. Go. Benny was trying to, like, pay, pay business. He was helping his friends. He had a dream like, of, like, helping yeah. people with, like, his business. Oh, I'm God. like, fucking, Benny's a good dude. Yeah, yeah, and it's weird that, like, it's such a small part, because the original cast of Rent made a lot of big stars. Uh, the role yes. of Benny was originated by Tay Diggs. Fucking Tay Diggs. That's what Sarah told me. And I'm like, I had no idea he was a singer. I've only known him as like the shredded dude yeah. in, in, uh, He's in the movie. Stella got her groove back. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, like uh, Adina Menzel uh, originated the role of Maureen. Um, Adam Pascal, who's like a big Broadway guy, yeah. originated the role of Mar uh, Roger. And then... Uh, Michael Rappaport. <laughs> no, no Anthony it's uh, Rapp. Anthony Rapp. Yeah, <laughs> Anthony yeah. Rapp, yeah. Originated <laughs> Michael the role Rappaport. Of <laughs> <laughs> Can you imagine Origi him? Originated the role of Mark. He would be fucking amazing at that. That would be the best Mark ever. I was thinking about the ending where Mimi, you know, comes back she, to life. AIDS cured by song. AIDS cured by song. Um... Uh, there's this this term on TV tropes um, mm -hmm. called NARM. Um, are you familiar? NARM is it like it's like a norm thing, but like <laughs> not. No, I think it's from an episode of Six Feet Under where um, it's meant to be like this really big emotional moment, um, and it, like it was like in Six Feet Under, some character like regains consciousness and like their arm is numb, which means something, and they're like they mean to say numb, numb, <laughs> numb arm. arm. <laughs> And it comes out NARM. NARM. <laughs> and it's supposed to be like this, oh no, moment, but it's just like so over the top that it's it's comical. Okay. So I think like when I thought of like whatever Mimi like dies and Roger goes, Mimi. And then he like. Mimi. 
it starts playing like the riff from La Boheme. Yeah. Uh, oh my god! Like I just lost it. I was like crying, laughing. I just I I think I told Sarah last night too. I was like a lot of it stresses me out to watch it. And I was like, and maybe I think this is typical amongst kids who are raised by like immigrant parents, but like to be mm-hmm. that self-involved and like demand I'm, I'm, that people yeah. like look at you and like, and I'm like, I just get stressed out like for them. Like that whole yeah. Maureen thing just gave me fucking anxiety. I was like, oh my God, no. Like I can only imagine having do, done that. And my parents being like, what the fuck are you doing? Like, excuse me? Yeah, like, yeah. like the, shut the I, fuck up. Towards the end, towards the end when um, like the parents were like doing their like, why aren't you calling me thing? I was yeah. thinking of you. I was like, man, he's going to have some <laughs> thoughts about this. Yeah. Like, <laughs> Can you imagine just not calling your parents back? For, yeah, like, exactly. Months like, at a time. Like, I'm gay. So I got kicked yeah, out. Yeah, I was going to say the irony would have been like there if they were gay. But then like this is not a thing that's a problem, apparently, for the parents. Yeah. Just like, hey, what's yeah, up? Again, it, is, it is kind of ironic that Jonathan Larson is basically Roger in that he wrote this thing that, you know, Roger wanted to write a thing that would super mega outlive him. um, And wow, did it such to the point that people wrongly to this day think that Jonathan Larson was a gay man who tragically died of AIDS before his show got (laughs) on Broadway. Oh man. I got, I got like, so someone yelled at me that once uh, a roommate's girlfriend um, who was like, basically said that like it is inappropriate for you to be criticizing rent because Jonathan Larson died of AIDS before the show came out. Oh and God. I was like, this is a fan of rent who believed. Like, it was like, ah, oh, rent conspiracy theories, really? but you, but you couldn't be like, that's not true. <laughs> like, yes, it is. It is tragic that I, he died, but he was not gay and he did not have AIDS. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's uh, not for me. Not for me. Yeah. <laughs> not for me. I, I, I oh man because I, I, as I was making notes I was like see I had I had a couple nice things that I said but I I forgot to write them down yeah uh, yeah I just nope <laughs> nope 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 uh, I think no my my nice thing was that it was ahead of its time in some ways and that things that felt very risque in the nineties are now now very normal and so Rent did help normalize that it I think it does. Uh, deserve respect as a mainstream groundbreaker for uh, actually being kind of the first and only major LGBT representation in a Tony winning musical. Pulitzer winning. And a Pulitzer winning musical. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that part of it's cool. And I know like I, I was group chatting with like one of my or a few of my friends and one of my friends whose younger sister is a lesbian. He was like, th- that was like her fucking jam when she was younger. Uh-huh. He was like that. Yeah. She was obsessed with it. And like and so I don't want to like, yeah. I don't want to take that away from people where like that was obviously something that was really important. But isn't it great that we live in a world where now rent is There's not your only now. option? Yeah, that's, <laughs> yeah I think, that's I think the that silver was the lining. Like, we can be choosy now. Yeah, you know, that's, the that's th- great. We have pose now. We yeah. can, like we don't we have drag race. We have all sorts of things. We don't it's rent is not the only game in town anymore. Which uh, is good. But I think, you know, credit to rent for opening that door and, yes, uh, you know, agreed. being that stepping stone. I think because I think ultimately rent is a mixed bag. Like I emotionally have that negative reaction, but um, it's like it can be that stepping stone while at the same time being really problematic with its worldview in the same way that like South Park is where Mm -hmm. it's like cool kids don't care about the system. Cool kids reject the system. Mm -hmm. And it's like that would be fine if it was just about making your shitty student films, Mark, because there is no real world consequence for being like i'm an artist i don't sell out it's like well okay you're an asshole but you're not hurting anybody sure but when you apply that same philosophy to like aids activism then it is actually yeah that's bad (laughs) that's kind of not that's kind of irresponsible (laughs) yeah yeah but no so we'll so we'll we'll make sure that we end on that positive note that it's cool that it did good stuff for people (laughs) and that it's cool that it's no longer the only option and, and that Jonathan Larson gets to be Roger forever. And it is, it's it's interesting if Jonathan Larson th- thought something right when he was writing this, to hear us talking about this being like, <laughs> none of this phased us. Like, that's how far society has come, where we're just like, well, yeah. well whatever. Like, well, I didn't it's like, even well, this is eye. incredibly tame. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right. And, and that's the other thing, too, right? You're watching there's like cops right showing up and then there's uh-huh. like and you're like oh is he gonna is there gonna be a hate crime like is someone gonna get fucking murdered like uh-huh. we live in such a much more complicated time now that it almost seems yeah. quaint where it's like and oh also yeah yeah like where, where mark shows up with his super eight and he's like hey officer jane yeah and 
they're just like, oh no, he's filming, and they leave. Yeah, and I was like, that's <laughs> like, it. Nothing else like, happens. Not a, yeah, that's not a thing that happens. It's it's interesting to think that like a cop or even like three cops being in the musical, just based on like how we've grown up in the era that we've grown up, it just inherently seems like a political choice to put yeah. it in there. And it was literally just like sort of dancing set dressing or something, in, yeah, in yeah. Rent, which is Where really like, weird. Yeah. It's like the cops show up and, but then nothing really comes of it. Like there is no police state. The Bohemians ultimately win question mark. That's the thing is like, there's no real statement made on the changing tide of the East village at the time. No. Like they stop it. Maybe sort of, I don't know the end. <laughs> They're like, it's gone on for too long. It's time to be done. Yeah. <laughs> it's just, and just remember, if you don't want to pay rent, because you don't have to. Yeah. <laughs> just, just make a moderate. Just, like the rationale of like, you know what? Did you ever consider? We don't have to. To pay rent. I'm like, I don't know what those cops were doing. They should have kicked them out. Squad, even yeah, with squatters rights. They should have kicked them out. Go cops. Go yeah. city. <laughs> so basically on this podcast, we love landlords and We and love landlords and the police state. <laughs> Uh, if you want to probably tell us that we're awful people, which I'm sure you will, you can follow us on Twitter. We are at Musical Splainin with no G. Uh, and we are at Musical Tell us how wrong we are at Musical Splaining. Yes, I'm sure they will. <laughs> uh, and Musical at Musical Splaining with a G on Instagram. I am at Covetarian on Twitter and at Permafriends. On Twister. Twister. <laughs> I'm um, the, the Lindsay Ellis on Twitter and name brand Lindsay on Instagram. And I'm at uh, Permafriends on Instagram. Yes. Oh, and one okay. last thing. Don't plug 17 different things into a power strip like they do at the beginning of it <laughs> and have an indoor fire. There was a terrible fire in Oakland a couple of years ago where like a bunch of people died. That was the first thing I thought of when they opened with that. I was like, oh, fuck. That's not cool. Don't do it. So, yeah, that's all. Thanks, guys. See you at the podcast. <laughs> yeah, see you at the podcast. This uh, is where we live now. Yeah, right. <laughs>